Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hi, guys. Welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. I'm your host, Courtney Kosak, and today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. You guys, for as little as $32 a week, you can work with an experienced licensed therapist handpicked just for you. On Talkspace, you send text, audio, and video messages to your therapist, You can talk about your life, work through what's keeping you up at night, or just work on feeling a little bit happier. Couldn't we all work on feeling a little bit happier? Yes. So to sign up or learn more, go to Talkspace.com slash reality. And to show your support for this podcast, use promo code reality to get $30 off your first month. You guys, that's reality at Talkspace.com slash reality. And now for a super fun interview that Steve and I did with Brittany Nichols. She is a writer, actor, filmmaker, comedy person, podcast host, super pleasurable person to be around. Steve and I had so much fun talking with her, so hope you enjoy it. Here we go. I am so excited to be here with Brittany Nichols today, you guys. That's one T, right? Two T's. Two, Two T's? T's? Oh, regular bird. with an I. Steve, oh, don't okay. interrupt. I knew there was something. I knew there was something crazy about her name. With an I. And that's, okay. Yeah, all right. I like that. To misspell the name. <laughs> I know there's some, some sneaky shit. Writer, actor, comedy person, podcast host, um, private person. <laughs> no. I just got that from watching a movie. She walked in the door and I said... You know, she's. Uh, I, I saw the movie A Strong Silent Type, and I was like, yeah, I know that shit works in the real world, you know, seducing these women and shit, <laughs> but don't you come on to this love romance dating podcast thinking you're going to be silent about anything. No private shit. We're going we're gonna to break it down. I want to know who Brittany is. Me too. I love your movie, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. So Citizen Kale. Suicide Kale. Suicide Kale. Oh my God. I was thinking Suicide Kale. It's a mashup of Citizen Kale and Suicide Kale. Yeah. That's a good mashup, right? Like the best movie ever. Yeah, vegan documentary or something like that. Citizen Kale. Oh, that is what that sounds like. Yeah, right? Okay, Suicide Kale. Available on Amazon, Hulu, right? All the iTunes. Vimeo. Yeah, we just went on Prime today, so you can watch it for free. No way. When today? Like literally today. Oh, man. Maybe like a few hours Fresh. ago. Oh, it must have been a few hours ago because I watched Fresh it. Kale. I watched it, I think, at this three morning. in the morning or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and I paid three ninety nine. So for it. sorry. Still worth it. And I'm right here with the star now. And you wrote Thank it as you. well, Appreciate right? Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, and I, now that we're talking to and we were talking about our friend Amanda, uh, you, you uh, crowdsource and raise money through, through that, right? Mm-mm. You no, did it? I just. You Use my money. This? Yeah, I mean it was like five thousand total. Yeah. 
I just used my own money. Good, Good for, for you. you. That yeah. makes me sound like I have a lot of money. I, do, I used all of the money I had at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so real. I feel that. <laughs> um, but it features two relationships, right? Yep. What was the inspiration for the project? Um, Lindsay Hicks, who plays my girlfriend in the film, we went to see Tangerine. Oh, and nice. after we were uh, like in the parking garage just chatting, this is after we spent, I'd say, an hour in the furniture store. Do you know that uh, complex in West Hollywood where it's like the movie theater is on top and then there's like a bunch of businesses on no. the bottom? Well, one of them is a furniture store and we just walked around the furniture store pretending to be a couple looking for like stuff for our home. Oh, that's cute. I, just, <laughs> just was a lot of fun. So we were in a mood. So then we went in the parking garage and we were just talking about like awkward dinner parties, uh-huh. uh, and we just got to chatting, and that sort of got my brain percolating about like what would be like a super awkward scenario to happen, and so then I came up with the premise for the film, which is it's two couples having lunch, and then the visiting couple finds an anonymous suicide note in the home of the hosting couple, and so it's just this lunch that goes on where one couple knows the other couple's secret, or so we think, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a farce. I mean, right? <laughs> it's supposed to be. It does. It's a very funny movie, and uh, but it does get serious at some points. I know, especially during the meal, you guys end up talking about uh, you talk about suicide, but also you have a conversation about marriage. I think that every relationship has, mm-hmm. like, at some point about yeah. whether or not the people believe in it, or even that kind of stuff. Right. Which uh, I I know I've had that. And that's a hard conversation to have mm-hmm. with someone. Do, do you believe in marriage? Ooh, I, I do. This. Yeah. I'm like a real romantic. Yeah. Um, so uh, my POV was pretty close to my own. On the character. In the character, yeah. yeah. So you want to get married you, you, and be with someone for the rest of your life. You know, if I find the right person. <laughs> right now it's not looking great. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I fit into that camp. Like, I definitely want to spend, go through all these different life experiences with one person and build a history. I think that's what's beautiful about those kind of relationships. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, beautiful idea, guys. But uh, (laughs) are you crazy? I mean, think about who you were 10 years ago. It's nothing like who you are now, right? Mm -hmm. So whoever you needed 10 years ago couldn't possibly. No. Yeah, but I also know I was a nightmare 10 years ago, so... You know, yeah. hopefully people just keep getting better would be my hope. <laughs> and I do think there are particularly violent years, right? Mm-hmm. Like my 20s or most did, people's 20s. Did you say 20s. violent? Well, I just mean like you make destructive decisions and, mm-hmm. and you are a nightmare of a person when you yeah. look back at who you used to be. <laughs> you're like, oh, rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, and I don't think, I think, uh, you know, most a lot of people not necessarily plateau but you reach a point where you are don't they say like at 32 you're like kind of the person you're gonna be well uh am i talking crazy no no no, i would i'm gonna look into that because i love little tidbits like that i'm gonna do some research (laughs) what's the youngest what's the youngest you would date um Wait, how old are you? 29. I just okay. turned 29. Oh, okay. So you're still pretty young. Yeah. So you can date so anybody. So I'd take them fresh out of college. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. You, yeah. You could date. Yeah. You could date 22 and it's still not that pervy. I mean, I don't know how, why you would want to talk to a 22 year old. 
But I mean, if they're stone cold hot, I get that. I mean, I work at a bar in uh, Covina. That's mm-hmm. like West Covina. And, uh, but I'm old. Like, I'm almost 40. But I get some of these 23-year-olds in there. These, like, praise God. Like, these <laughs> Latinas that are, like, praise God. Uh, what is this it's, it is so It is so funny, though. Because uh, I'll be talking to one and, the, you know, after like the second or third drink, that's when they start like, you know, mentioning my dimples or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, how old are you? And they go, 23. And I, and I just laugh. <laughs> and then they go, age ain't nothing but a number. And I laugh harder. Right. Because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Wait, though. So, so we, we're not a fan of dating younger. Is that... How yeah, do I don't think it? so. The older, I mean, I might, I'm trying to be respectful of women and of their, um, and that they're just not done yet. Like, so I wouldn't, I have a rule that I don't date anyone under 27. I'm mm-hmm. 39 years old. Mm-hmm. So I would never date anyone under 27 because mm-hmm. they're not done yet. Yeah, I feel like that's not just women. I just think that's people yeah. in general. Right. Like, th- like even your frontal lobe is not fully developed until you're 25. It's it's actually science. Yeah, you are not done yet. <laughs> you are cooked. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're not cooked all the way through. Are you? So you're single right now. Ish. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's complicated. Okay. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> is it the is it the beginning in the middle or? It's a few months in. It's like four months into okay. like on and off. We're not. We're gonna say we're not dating, but it, doing it in practice. Like in practice, we're in a relationship, but technically we're nothing. Okay, so this is like I'm thinking of your characters in the movie too, and it seems like you guys were in the movie. You were about two months in, probably right. Yeah. And you just had committed and said, "Okay, we'll be girlfriend." Yeah. Is that a that is that a big deal to you to have that kind of a label on it? Yes. Yeah. I haven't had someone that I've called my girlfriend in like three and a half years or something. That's a long time. Yeah. So why is it important to you? Um, I think there's like a level of safety in it. It's just like, you know, those little fights that when you're just with someone that you're dating or messing around with, like that could end things and you just never know. And then it just, you know that it's okay. It's okay to say, I have a problem with this. But we're going to fix it because we've decided that we're going to be together. So I feel comfortable bringing it up. I feel comfortable being vulnerable in all these ways because I know that you've told me you don't want to go anywhere. Like if you decide to go somewhere, that's going to be new information. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. I totally get that. Yeah. Uh, that's really interesting, too. That, And I, now I think about it. Yeah. That when if you're not official and I guess that is completely true. You can't really say you have a problem with anything. Unless you're official. You got to just like be cool about it. Yeah. You got to play it cool. But even now, like with this person, we we are pretty comfortable saying when things are not great or we have a problem with something. But there is that just like, fuck you, peace out. Like you get to do that when you don't have, when you've never said I'm going to stay. So when do you think is it? This is a question. I I have a stand up bit based around this thing. Uh, What's the quickest you, you would say I love you to somebody then? Yes. Um, I don't have like a set in stone rule. Would you say it to a person that's not your girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, you would? Uh Uh-huh. What's the quickest you've ever said it? No, wait, 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 though. Like a genuine, like, I love you? Mm Mm-hmm. You would say to someone that's not your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Damn, I like Brit. She's fucking reckless first? out here. She's a fucking cowboy with her heart. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's fucking You say cowboy. it first? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I've had like people, I've had it go both ways of like people saying I love you and even though we're not in a relationship, just doing a weird thing for a few months and then it happens. 
I wouldn't recommend it. I'm not saying it's <laughs> the smartest thing to do. <laughs> I totally like yelled it at this guy that I was hooking up with, and then <laughs> when was that? Like last summer. Oh boy, Quinn. it was brutal. Sheesh. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, Sheesh. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've done it. Yeah, it isn't. It's advisable. such a weird thing. It's for some reason it always feels like a loss or something. Like when you look back and you like <laughs> haven't, you weren't, it didn't go anywhere, and you're just like, well, what the fuck did I tell it? Even if you feel it, it just like it just makes you feel a little silly. And I think that makes people just like not say it, even if they're feeling it. But there's like nothing to be lost from yeah. it. There's only things to be gained from like telling someone that you feel strongly about them and appreciate them in that way. But this is with someone that you've already like been romantic with in some ways too. Yeah, course, yeah, right? yeah, not yeah. just like a rando. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally, yeah. I, there's nothing, you don't get anything out of just harboring your feelings and holding them yeah. to yourself. Do you ever do the thing? I do the thing. I, first of all, I don't like to say I love you first necessarily. I just feel like, I, I don't know. I'm, I like to wait for, uh, like, my. no, I said it before my boyfriend. But typically I like to wait. Mm-hmm. And then there's this game before where you're, like, deciding if it's safe to say it. Right. So, and sometimes you say, like, for a while we were like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> is that ridiculous? Yes. It is? <laughs> a little, but yeah. But people do that. I, I'm a big fan of I like I like you a lot. Yeah, we, we that. did that like a lot, too. Lot. Mm-hmm. I like you a lot. I mean, I think the safest bet is to just don't say it until you, like, physically cannot keep yourself from blurting exactly. it out. Exactly. Yes. Now, here's a, here's a, is that, because, uh, you know, in traditional uh, things, you typically have to wait for a guy. But in, like, uh, gay culture, does, does it matter? Like, do you, what, do, what is that, how does that work? I don't know. I mean, I've never, huh. Maybe I've never that asked that question to any lesbians, like, who said it first. I'm usually the more, like, quote-unquote masculine person, and I usually say it first. Not all the time, but usually. So do you think maybe the people you date, that those that role in it, that they would wait for you to say it first because you are the quote-unquote masculine type, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, gender roles get... Paste, copy pasted onto like queer relationships in some ways. So, yeah. Interesting. This yeah. is fascinating. So, I heard on one of your, I think it was on Brand New Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was you. One of you were making the point that there's this common misconception that um, gay guys don't have sex missionary. Mm-hmm. Like, that is just <laughs> like so prevalent. And I thought I laughed so hard because I was like, yeah, I, I totally thought that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm working but on... But are there misconceptions that you think uh, apply to a lot of lesbian relationships that we just don't... I think people just don't know. I mean, I think people just don't think about women that much, period. So if it's two of you, really <laughs> oh nobody gives a shit. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't show anything in the movie, too, but I was like... I was picturing you guys, and I was like, I wonder how this is going to go down. Because <laughs> obviously, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of woman-on-woman uh, woman porn or anything like that, but I know that... That wouldn't be the place that, to go anyway. Yeah, that's what I mean. I know that watching that, that's still for the male gaze. That's right. not how it would really... 
happen. Yeah. So when you guys were, because uh, uh, you know, you end in a way where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna. But then there's a time, another time when you guys are gonna start fooling around in a bedroom, and I was like. I wonder what this is gonna look like right now. Right. Like I don't know how it's gonna go down. Where mm-hmm. hands go right away? All right. Where you I'll grab tell you. Here we go. Step one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it sucks because you don't ever see it. I mean, even now, when like when I have a new partner, I'll still like learn shit. I'm like, oh, we can do that. Like it's like constantly just like finding out new shit, figuring out new ways to do it. Yeah. Which I'm sure probably if I had kept having sex with guys then like there would have been more things that i would have discovered as well it's just like when you're a sexual being you're just constantly learning with every new partner and people especially because you don't you don't really like porn isn't two people really truly having sex and so you really don't ever get to see what it actually is like in practice and And i think different for every person yeah it really it really is people are so creative and That sounded like perfect than I meant it to be. But, I mean, it's just, like, it's truly, like, nature. It's just, like, an animal coming out and you just doing what's ingrained in you and being like, I think my fingers go here, my hands go here, my mouth goes here. And that just, like, comes out in just, like, slightly different ways for every person. And You know, it it is hard to be creative, though, once you get in a routine with someone because you know how everything works. Yeah. And you, I mean... But that's not what sex is about. The first time I did have sex with a guy, we did have sex missionary style. Oh, really? And it fucking blew my mind. <laughs> I'm ri- I'm, I mean, I'm writing a bit. I, st- I started talking about it on stage last Sunday. Like, just someone, Scott brought it up, and I just started talking about it on stage. And, uh, yeah, it blew my mind. Because I, I this back then, uh, you used to... They probably have dating lines like this now, but the internet was like not a thing really. This uh-huh, was probably mm-hmm. 2001, 2002, or I, at least I didn't really know about it. But you used to like call and you'd listen to guys like dating messages or something. This is when I was curious about it. And then you would leave a message for mm-hmm. them if you liked them. And you would pay $2 a minute to hear the messages. And so I was in Covina, West Covina at the time, and a guy was in Universal City. And I was like, all right, I guess this is going to be... I didn't know how to... I just stopped being a pastor. So (laughs) I didn't know how to do anything. I wasn't going to go to a bar or anything like that. So I went to his place. It was like the daytime. And uh, he opened... It was like some big complex out in uh, Universal City. And he like opened the door to me. And he like started kissing me very aggressively. It was very gross. Like, yeah, the, the, I've hooked up with men, uh, you know, s- s- enough times to know that they're mostly terrible kissers. Really? They're just so aggressive. All the ones that I did. But the, this is also hookups, too. So these sure, are, sure. are like in shadowy and gross things where they're not thinking about like, oh, I'm going to be a great kisser right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm going to be romantic right now. I remember he pulled me in and started kissing me real aggressively. And I was like pretty, it was just all jarring. And he's like grabbing my dick through the pants. I'm like, slow it down, bro. Where's the romance here? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe a glass of water or something. <laughs> but I remember we went down to his bedroom and yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, he was fooling around and then he just put my legs up like that. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Whoa. Fuck me. Let me use the shower after. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it fucking, it blew my mind that we had sex that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give us some dirt. No, I don't think there's any real dirt. I mean, you know, you're right. Where you put your hands, how do you like this? How do you flip that? A side thing. 
Uh, right now, Julie and I have a routine. Like, right. I, I'm not going to walk you through the routine. But <laughs> you already I, have on the oh, show. Of the show, I've already done it. You are. There's a little routine. I, you know, I'm always trying to add new things to spice it up. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. when, um, yeah. I, I mean, you're, I, you usually take the, uh, probably more the dominant role in the bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know how hard it is for us. They just lay there. You're, you're probably just laying there. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I you, know, like I like an active partner. I like an active, active partner, partner too. Yeah. I, yeah, we'd all love that. <laughs> but, you know, if you're attracted to me, you like to get dominated. Right. So it's like you know, flipping, throwing, slapping, hair pulling, talking. I don't think, yes, it, I don't think that's necessarily falls like on gender lines. We've definitely had people on the show that are. Oh no! Absolutely, like submissive. Yeah, yeah. There women are dominant that are submissive women too. Yeah. Absolutely, relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are definitely dominant. some lady tops. And I'd love to. I'd love to meet them. I'd love to take it easy every once in a while. See how the other <laughs> half looks. Okay, just put my elbows up and yeah. it feel it rush over me. Well, I think routines are interesting because it's usually you found the stuff that works right away. Yeah. And it sort of seems silly to be like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, eat you out from the back just to be fun. But, yeah. like, you do, you do if you don't want to, like, it doesn't feel as good for sure. It's not going to work as quickly. Yeah. But to, like, not be monotonous, you have to do stuff where you know, like, yeah. I'm going to have to work, like, fucking four times as hard. Yeah. I never thought about eating that from the back. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying it this weekend. That's so funny. Well, how do you get to the clip from the back? I'm, you can. They just have to like lift their it's ass about, up. Yeah. Oh, I guess maybe if they're on, if she's on top, right? No, she's just you, on like all fours. Okay, she's on all fours, and you're behind, and she just has her ass up. Um, you're. We're gonna have to talk off because <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna because I, I want this to work because I'm always <laughs> trying to spice the things up. Mm-hmm. Hold the line though. Have, have, in my experience, the best sex I've ever had has been in relationships. Do you not of find course, that? Of course. So, like, it's not like routine is the death of good sex. No, no, oh, no, like, no, no, no. But, yeah, it's just like Brittany said, though. You, you figure out what works, and then you just do what works. And that's how you get these monotonous routines. But I'm glad you said fucking eating from the back. This is the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me today. I think part of it, too, is just about being spontaneous. And, like, if you're, not, if you're in a different spot than you usually have sex mm-hmm. or whatever, it starts right. a little differently than... It's going to go down a little differently. Well, I, you know, I'm three years in. You and Wade have been together for, what, six months now? Eight like, months? Like, almost a year. What's <laughs> I'm three years Give in. Give her her so due. I, I just, me and Britt are going to hang out. I just wanted to keep dropping these tidbits on me. <laughs> just a quick eat out from the back. So how did you meet uh, your, your kind of uh, girlfriend? Person. Not girlfriend. Person. Yeah. person. Person. Yeah. Person. Kind of person friend. Okay. I'm not like being, they. Yeah, they don't like to be they, referred to. Yeah, they yeah, like yeah. to be a they. Right. Oh, correct. gotcha, gotcha. I wasn't being like, <laughs> I'm secretly dating a guy <laughs> and I want to like, use I, they pronouns. Yeah, cool. You guys like, should this stop was just playing. I was like, what? <laughs> they want to be a they. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, where did you guys meet? We met at um, the birthday party of a straight girl I'd gone on a single date with. That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Yeah. Uh, were you on apps prior to that? No, I don't like apps. No. Mm-mm. I don't. It usually doesn't take me that long to happen upon someone else. This this chick's a sex machine. Okay. Did you watch the movie? <laughs> I'm watching the movie and I get it. 
You get it. And I mean, I see, you can see right here, but you're, you know, you no, I really don't. She doesn't them. seem like she struggles. I'm just, no. I was on the apps. I thought it was a legit no. question. I was on them probably when they first came out for uh-huh. a little bit. And I was like, this sucks. And then during a particularly desperate point, I got back on them, yeah. which isn't to say like you have to be desperate to be on them, but just like me personally, I had to be in a bad place. I was too. And then it wound up being great and I mm-hmm. met my current boyfriend, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's real hit or miss. Yeah. Um, and it, also black women do terribly on dating apps. I've read that. Yeah. Or he did a bit about that in Master of None too, as mm-hmm. he's did. Yeah. It was like him and a black chick on a date and they were talking about how like, God, it's so fucked up out there. (laughs) Hi guys, just a quick word from our sponsors. First of all, Warby Parker. You guys have heard of Warby Parker, right? Well, if not, you need to get with the program because they have the cutest specs and they make buying them online easy and risk-free. What? Yes. They have this awesome home try-on program that allows you to order five pairs of glasses. They ship them directly to your door where you try them on in the comfort of your own home and you show them off to your friends and family and anybody whose opinion that you care about. And you get to do this for five days before sending them back in a free prepaid return shipping envelope. There is no obligation to purchase and it's 100% free. But here's the deal you're gonna fall in love with one of their super fashion forward pairs of specs because I just did and you will too because you guys, the glasses, they start at $95 and for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to someone in need. And did I mention chic? So head to warbyparker.com reality to order your free home try-ons today. That's warbyparker.com slash reality. Let yourself fall in love with an awesome glasses buying experience. You guys, how many times do I have to tell you? Check out the new series, The Bold Type. It premiered July 11th on Freeform. The reviews are in and they are good. Not just mine, but other people's too. I've been reading them on the internets and people are loving this show. It is a good one. It is inspired by the women of Cosmo. It follows these three 20-something chicks. They're trying to make their mark as they cover sex, politics, and fashion at a premier women's magazine in New York City. They are literally living the dream. My dream at one point is (laughs) exactly what they're doing. There are salacious hookups. It's about friendship, relationships. It's super feminist. It reminds me a lot of Sex in the City. It is brave, sexy, provocative, fun. You guys, just watch the show. You're gonna love it. It has Jan from The Office. The Bold Type. Series premiere July 11th and Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Freeform. And now back to our interview. Can I ask you a question? Because I was watching the movie and, um, you know, it's a very personal question probably, but also I was watching and there's, uh, if for those of you who haven't seen the movie, and you should see the movie, it's very good. But there's, um, it looks to be like the other, the other couples, uh, they look like they're like half, mm-hmm. like black, half white or something yeah, else, Yeah, they both right? are mixed. Multiracial. Yeah. And then uh, you, and then you're in the movie, you're dating a white woman. Uh-huh. Um, how does that, which comes first for you, that you're queer or mm-hmm. that you're black? What is that question? I don't understand. Do you understand the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because um, to me, it's, it must be. Black. 
you, that you're black, right? Yeah. It, but it must be so hard because you have to be more gracious because there's such a smaller pool of people to date with. You right. have to be very gracious yeah. with people of other races probably, right? Oh, yeah. Especially like in the comedy scene. It's so white. Yeah. It sucks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I was watching. I forget who I was watching. And uh, for me, too, I'm, I'm in alternative comedy, for lack of a better term. But right. I, I do all the that stuff, too. And it's like it it is so hard to not make your comedy or make your art be reactionary to white people mm-hmm. to oh, like find your to, to find your real voice. <laughs> but even in dating, it must be that same way where it's like, I just want to be myself, but I don't want to. And, it, and you know, for me as a Mexican guy, I, I struggle with that, too, is like I don't want to create who I am just to make white people comfortable. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's definitely, like, code switching for sure. Yeah. But it's, it's nice because even when I am dating a white person, like, that sort of, I get to be my truest self when I'm dating someone. Like, I feel like that's when, you know, you're, like, in a good thing when you're like, oh, I just get to be, like, totally. me, completely me. And when I'm dating a white person, like, that still remains the same. Like, I don't catch myself, like, code switching. Like, I just, like, well, I'll call white people <laughs> I'm dating, like, nigga, like, all the time. Like, nigga, will you open the fucking door? Like, that's, like, how I'll talk to, like, a white woman that I'm dating. And, like, you just have to be fine. Like, if you're not fine with it, then it's weird that you're not fine with it. And you, we should not be together. Yeah. But I would think even in the thing, yeah, it's, like, we got to, like... Uh, I think because the the pool is so much smaller for queer people, it's just like, oh, we got to get over this person and let them be a dumb white person every now and then. And you just, oh, yeah. you just like deal with it and correct them. Yeah. I mean, I think that in relationships, there's a, there's so much just like figuring out what people's weird shit is. Mm-hmm. And if you're dating someone white and you can't come to terms with the fact that they're going like, there are definitely some things that they shouldn't say, but they weren't. They are not a special white person. They are not a special case. They're going to be fucked up in the same way that all white people are fucked up. And you either have to be like, okay, I'm going to like take that on and deal with it as part of my relationship, do a little white person rehab, or just don't do it. <laughs> just like privilege that is not realized? Or- yeah, just like obliviousness. Like I, I'm not saying mm-hmm. like... They're like out calling people the N word or like saying weird like <laughs> racial shit. Like that's a different level. But just things sure. that are like ingrained in them that they just probably never notice. Like, yeah, like really innocuous stuff. That, and I think it's also like you have to be very delicate about how you bring it up. I think because mm-hmm. white people love to feel attacked, and so you just have to like say it. I mean, you really are like teaching them in some ways. Like, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but like you're in that you're reacting this way in the situation because you've been socialized as a white person. And I, as a person of color, am able to recognize that and just like want to have a conversation about it. You're not a bad person. Don't think you're a racist, but this is like a fucked up thing that you're currently doing. That's so fascinating. Yeah, I find, I mean, I don't think it's nearly to the same extent, but there is some stuff like with guys Mm -hmm. that you have to- Oh, I'm sure point out oh please seems like a nightmare i couldn't do it truly couldn't do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) i'm all the time like god bless like straight women like truly bless their hearts (laughs) (laughs) like during the election a lot of stuff where it was just like and and even i think uh a lot of people you were surprised, you know, some of the reactions like to that tape that came out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like most people were very 
you know, publicly against it and whatever. But right. it's just the little nuanced stuff that it'd be like, you'd have to point out like that's not yeah, that's not equal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do you have a type, Brittany? Um, my type is uh, someone that looks like a magical creature that just ran out of a forest. Oh my gosh. So yes. a nymph. <laughs> yeah, like river nymph, just like someone maybe that was like born under a, a like magic log, like that sort of deal. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> is there a celebrity that fits this description that we could all oh, reference? Is there? Well, you're just talking about a little like a little forest nymph type, right? Yeah, but yeah. not even, it's more of like a, a an essence. It's like an energy. So more than like it is like earthy vibe? Not no. Not no, really. I mean like a little. Like someone who like pays a lot of attention to the moon. You know what I mean? <laughs> like uh <laughs> who's the um the teen star that was uh she like drinks charcoal or <laughs> do you know who I don't know. <laughs> Shailene Woodley. Yes <laughs> Is she a wood nymph? <laughs> Would she be your type? I'm not attracted to her, but that's like on the right track. Okay. I'm trying to think of the celebrities that I'm attracted to. I don't know if they fall into it. I think they're just like hot. Yeah. Like who? I don't like, I don't, yeah, I'm not, the older I get, I'm not into celebrity. I'm in the ins- people's Instagram. We just <laughs> all know them, so yeah. um, it's easy reference. Like Naya Rivera is like someone I think oh, is like yeah. super hot. I don't but know I don't think is. that she like falls into that. She was on Glee. Oh, okay, okay. Um, she posts these <laughs> bikini thirst traps on her Instagram. Oof. Like Zoe Saldana. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I don't know. Turn offs? Turn offs. You know, I someone that can't really hold their own like intellectually in a conversation. Oh yeah. Just like to be able to express themselves coherently, I think. I need that. Just cuz communication is like such a big thing with me. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm kind of a talent whore. Like I I could never be with a creative person that I didn't respect their same. art. Yep, same. That's very, that's like a complicated thing, especially in LA. It's like, you want to be able to put your stamp of approval on whatever you're doing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, it's always that way because we're, uh, we're uh, herd animals, but it's even worse out here because it's like, geez, this person's on my team. It's hard to, it's, it's really hard to. For me specifically, it's hard to like really feel romantic feelings like that because I'm always thinking in terms of partnership and mm-hmm. like creative uh, right. partnerships. So that's like, I guess that's cool, but sometimes I feel awful because I really am stacking up all the qualities and like looking at it like a business merger. Mm. Uh, and maybe it wouldn't be that way if we were not here in LA. Right. But. Yeah. Wait, this is fascinating. Did you think of that in terms of that with your ex-wife? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. This is fresh since you entered the business. No, no, I, I guess so. I, I mean, but we all do that. I, we a lot of times we choose our partners based on how we feel like the people around us will react to them too. At least somewhat. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of like if I walk in with this person, what will people think about me with this person? Yeah. I mean, that's a big part of uh, attraction and who we end up with. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's always so conscious. But oh no, yeah, it's, it's not conscious, but yeah. It's oh, something I'm very I, conscious of it. Yeah, it feels like an extension of your brand. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what's awful. That's what I wondered. <laughs> like us being in LA and being creators in Los Angeles, I wonder how awful that makes us. Um, I 
don't know because I don't. I don't particularly want to be friends with anyone whose art sucks either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's how I am, especially doing stand up. I, I don't. I don't know how these people could be friends with people who aren't funny. Because right. I gotta after you get down off the stage, I gotta look you in the eye, mm-hmm. and I like to be honest. Right. And if you're not funny, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Or especially, I don't care if you're even not that funny in that instance. If you don't know that you're not funny. Well, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know what to fucking do. I don't. I don't know what mm-hmm. to say to you. So I don't. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Stop lying to people. Because people got to go. There's too many people here. <laughs> <laughs> too much to be traffic. Straight up. Just just, to be honest. I was just saying, I love it when someone goes home. I love yeah. it when, I, when they fucking, there's a Facebook post that says, I'm going back. I, I was just saying that in the car on Sunday. I was like, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. I love it. Because well, most people don't call it. They'll stay out here for so long and complain yeah. and get bitter and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, it. man, if you're not making any traction, get the fuck out. Go go buy a $200,000 house in the Midwest. Be happy. Yeah. You know, go be a manager at a yeah. TGI Fridays. That sounds like a fine life to me. Plus, it is. I mean, it, it is real that the people that you spend the most time with are kind of who you are. Yeah. A little bit. What did you learn most out of out of doing that movie? Would you ever fund another movie like that again? Mm-hmm. I would. Um, what did I learn about? I mean, just to me, I'm scared. I, what I like about it, and even, I mean, I, I guess I like it more. You wouldn't be opposed to crowdfunding a movie, would you? No. But I, I do- think I'm just too lazy for it because you have to, like, do perks and, like, mm-hmm. especially when you're doing it yourself. I think a lot of times when people are crowdfunding, they have, like, a producer and, like, a Kickstarter, like, person, and that's what they do. I did everything from, like, beginning to end. I was involved in every step of it. So to be, like, I'm also going to take that on just feels like too much because I don't want to be fucking printing stickers and sending them to people. Like, I don't fucking... <laughs> I would rather just straight up, and I've thought about doing this, just doing like a Venmo raiser, which is just like the same shit where I'm just like, hey, I'm not fucking going to give you anything. <laughs> you don't really want a goddamn sticker. Yeah. You want to give me money. Just do that and let's be done with it. Let's like stop pretending that you want me to give you a, a Twitter shout out. Like, you don't give a shit. Give me five bucks. Yeah. Yes, so. I love this. Well, I love that you just put your own 5Gs down. That sounds like what I would do. Like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. Let me just put this down. And how long I'm also take... too impatient. Yeah. Yeah. And then even that way, you're still in control, but you're still it still feels like you owe people things. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. I would right. like rather just create my own thing. How, yeah. long did, how long did you guys shoot for? Five days. Five days? Yeah. And it was in lo- one location. But, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, when you're writing it, you're thinking about all these things, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd been for a while trying to wait for an idea that I could do in that way. Yeah. It was just like a matter of like figuring out what the thing would be that I would be able to do in that way. And once I had the idea, then it was easy. I mean, we did it in three months, like from me sending the email to the people to the final cut was three months. I, yeah. Yes, that's great. Yeah, and, and for only five grand. I mean, yeah. five grand, not everyone has it, but right. that's not a ton of money. Yeah. Like I could come up with that next year, maybe, you right. know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Or if, I get a commercial or something like that. Yeah. Oh I mean, my God. Like, <laughs> begging. Get off the mic. I don't, have a com- I, don't even, I don't even have a commercial agent. I don't I don't really, no one's going to just want me to sell, hawk their things. But I, I really, I really did love the movie. And I love that there were times when, because the, the plot is that the couple's trying to figure out which one of these two wrote this suicide note. But then, then it would stop being that at different points in the movie, especially at the dinner, uh, when you're actually sitting down for lunch. But the, it would just stop and it would become about something else. And then even the actors, everyone would settle into this rhythm that felt 
really weird. How much improv was happening? Because it felt to me, it, it felt a little mumble Corey to me. Mm-hmm. So did did you allow the actors to kind of like express themselves and to kind of like put things in their own words? Yeah, I mean, the from the outset, the goal was to do a queer mumblecore, and so now people call it like mumble queer. And there's actually a movie that just called out called came out called The Feels that Everson that I think falls into that same category because that's completely improvised. Um, and ours oh, yeah. was partially improvised and it varied from scene to scene. Like some scenes would be like to the letter, just completely scripted. And then others would be like, hey, th- these are the beats of the scene, just like go at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really varied. A lot of the dinner scene was like, you know, the jokes were in there, everyone's point of view was in there, but just like the nuances of it and just like the little in-between bits that people had the freedom to say to make it feel like a real conversation. We were all improvised. Yeah. That's my favorite style, I think. So uh, I write with uh, Sophia Alexandra. I don't know if you know her. She's mm-hmm. a comedian. But uh, yeah, the project that we're working on right now is definitely mumblecore, partially scripted. And yeah. it's it's fun to... It, then it becomes a collaboration with the actors, yeah. which is so fun. And I feel like... All, Easy and all those uh, Duplass brother movies, they have this, such this real authentic vibe. That right. Is, and yours has. But that a lot same of them thing. aren't funny, and that's what I wanted to change. Because <laughs> I love, I love like Duplass brothers movies. Uh huh. Um, I love like Drinking Buddies and like all that sort of shit. But just like, sometimes the realness comes at the expense of humor. Ah. And I just, I think that there's a way to like be that real and that off the cuff and still be funny and maybe it's just like a matter of like having funny people doing it or like being like okay here are some jokes just so you feel comfortable going in but yeah yeah that that style of filmmaking is very much appeals to me and it feels like such like a straight white dude thing that like when women do it, it automatically becomes more interesting. When people of color do it, it automatically becomes more interesting because we don't have the same leeway of just being like, I'm a confident white man and therefore people will listen to what I have to say. Like you have to bring more to it because otherwise people are gonna be like, go fuck yourself. Like if I made a Duplass Brothers movie, you would have never heard of it. Like no one would have Mm -hmm. ever heard of it. Everyone would be like, you're a fucking idiot. This sucks, get the fuck out of here. I really do think it's like as simple as that. I don't think that people of color and women and queer people like just have that same like people willing to just sit and watch like you have to catch them right away or like they just write you off yeah the and the feeling the confidence that people will right automatically yeah yeah there's this great uh oh my god who's like america's novelist right now that dude. Who am I thinking oh, of? Oh, oh. If you get this one too, when you get that Shyla, whatever the fucking cold no, drinking water like thing. No, we're like soulmates. If you come get on, this one come too. Come on, Brittany. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, uh, no. You know this fucking I know fucking who you're dude. talking about. Uh, what did he write? Like, the f- freedom, whatever that guy's name oh, is. Oh, Jonathan. Uh, yes, Franzen. Franzen. Yeah, yes. Okay, so his wife now, I think they're, but she wrote it, I think, when they were engaged. But she wrote this great piece on uh, career envy, basically, because she is married to the guy, and he's so fucking successful. And Mm -hmm. she's also a great writer. Right. And she, I think it's in The Guardian, but everyone should read it. But she says in there, she's got this great passage about, like, he just goes to sit down at his 
desk with this almost entitlement and always right. has throughout the relationship. And it's not to say, it, you know, and it's, it's really s- subtle, mm-hmm. probably the societal cues that allow him to do that right. in a much more confident way than she, you know, she had to give herself permission to do that. Right. And it's just so interesting to think of it like that because mm-hmm. I definitely feel that a little of that myself. Like I had to be like, oh no, no, no. You deserve to sit down and let yourself be an artist. Yeah. But, but that, that's an interesting point then. So this was your first feature, right? Yeah. But you must have been filming things before, right? Yeah, I had a web series and a pilot shot. Both, yeah. Both of those things done, so yeah. So there was a time before you shot that stuff where you, you had to have done those things. You would have never thought, oh, I can just do a movie, right? Oh, unless you, you can. Um, yeah, I think it was just like building confidence, like you said, or yeah. just being like, because I think there are people who like, yeah, I think there are people that would just be like, I'm just going to go do a movie without having ever done anything. Yeah. Whereas I feel like, okay, well, I have to like learn how, where, how everything works. I need to know about cameras. I need to know about lighting. I need to know about like every aspect of it before I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm ready to do it. Because I also think that there's more... It means more when I fail. Like, if a straight white dude fails, like, nobody fucking notices. But if I fail, then it's like, oh, it's because she's a woman or she's black or she's queer. Like, there are all these excuses and reasons beyond my control or whatever that people would be like, well, it's because those people just aren't as good. Whereas white dudes get to fail in silence all the time. Mm, interesting. I love this. That's a great quote. I just came up with it. Uh, please That's spread it quote. far and wide. But also it's like you've produced a couple podcasts. It's right. like you've made, you've done all the building blocks that, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel the same way with this, with, I, I totally feel kindred to you in that. It's like, I've, I've done the pieces right. that allow me to now feel like I can go for the, bigger thing and even start to feel that entitlement of like oh i've like done this like you all should be fucking throwing money at me you know what i mean like i made this thing that has won awards and i've made like my money back and like now technically are making a profit on a film which is like so fucking hard to do like now you all like owe me you know what i mean and it's even still hard to like get to that point of being like you all are stupid now you all are dumb yeah that you all aren't like Coming That's after the great me. place to be, though. Yay! Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make anyone come after you, even if you feel like that. <laughs> well, it gives you... I mean, you're t- we're talking about the future of art in a lot of ways, because people aren't just going to be handing out money. They, they never were anyways for, for queer or minority people anyways, right. or, or women or any. They were never doing that anyways, but, mm-hmm. you know, we have to create a model probably outside of everything, which now through the internet and stuff, we can. Right. And like you said, if you can make a small budgeted movie and figure out a way to promote that you could actually start to make a living from this. Nothing crazy, right? but make a living. Just enough not to be bitter. That's yeah. all I'm asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just to, so, yeah, I mean, you're creating the model, uh, and we're all trying to figure it out as much, too. But, yeah, we don't... They're not, they're not going to help us, but they never fucking helped us before. Right. So uh, it's really cool. Now they'll help one of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great that we can live in a time when it's cheap enough to make your own stuff that mm-hmm. kind of nobody has a choice anymore. It's right. like you, you're going to get all these perspectives because mm-hmm. uh, everyone or more people have, have access to, to making it. Right. Loud people. Um, okay, so everyone should definitely 
uh, watch the film. Citizen Kale. <laughs> I was just going to say it. <laughs> Suicide Kale. Um, Pay the four or five bucks. Yeah. Forget you heard about the Amazon Prime thing. <laughs> but if you have Amazon Prime and you're really hurting. Uh, or just, here's the deal. Watch yeah. it on Amazon Prime for free, but then tweet about it or Facebook about it or yes. tell a friend. Yeah, there you go. Get the word out. Get the word out because we don't have any money for marketing. It's all word of mouth. Awesome. So, and where can they find you? You can find me at B is hilarious on Twitter and Instagram. Steve, do you think we, we broke Brittany down? Do you think we got uh, to the I, bottom I think of I it? misjudged Brittany because she's been an open <laughs> book the whole fucking time. Uh, maybe I misjudged her. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe my comments she knew she couldn't fuck around. I was shook. Yeah, she was shook. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one, the one thing, I didn't know a lot of specific stuff listening to, uh, to you on all of the podcast episodes mm-hmm. I listened to, but I was like, this is one of the chillest human beings <laughs> I am ever. That's why she gets all the poo. That's why she's a poo now. Life. That's why they throw it at her. Okay. I know it's hypnotic. Uh, <laughs> women love these chilled out you know, people over here. Oh my god! Thanks for stopping by, Brittany. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was such a good time. I love this. Yeah. Bye, guys. Ooh, that was fun getting to know Brittany. Um, thank you again for coming on, Brittany. That was a true pleasure. Everyone should watch Suicide Kale. Make it your goal this week. Get in there, watch it. It is a delight. There are so many great moments in it. Um, I loved it. Um, Steve loved it, and you're gonna love it too. And another thing you should watch, and you are gonna love, is the bold type. I'm not going to tell you again because this is their last spot, but you should watch this show. It premiered July 11th on Freeform. It's inspired by the women of Cosmo. It's about sexy New York magazine life. It's about the ups and downs of adulting, which is super relatable. It is a good show, and that is what we need as a country right now (laughs) and as a world. Um, So watch The Bold Types. Series premiere July 11th and Tuesdays at 9, 8 central on Freeform. You guys, we will be back with another episode very, very soon. In the meantime, head on over to the social medias and follow us at Reality Bites Pod. Send your questions to realitybitespod at gmail.com. It's bites with a Y, always with a Y. And rate and review us on whatever fine platform you're listening to this fine podcast on. And we will see you next time. Or or you will hear us next time. Whatever. Anyway, bye. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.